love ELO? Of course you do. What kind of dim-witted jughead doesn't? Then listen to Face the Music, an Electric Light Orchestra song-by-song podcast. Every week, I, Eric Paul Johnson, and my co-host, Eric Winsenson, take a song by the Electric Light Orchestra, give the song facts, the history, discuss, tear apart, dig deep into the song itself, give our opinions, chart facts about the singles, and we even consult with the future of humanity on their opinion of the Electric Light Orchestra. So if you don't want to be a dim-witted jughead, then listen to Face the Music, an Electric Light Orchestra song-by-song podcast. Episodes post every Saturday at midnight Eastern Time and can be heard on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, Mixcloud, TuneIn, and iHeart. That was stupid as a butthead. Hello and welcome to Pods Like Us. I'm Martin Quibell, known to my friends as Marv. And this time I'm speaking with Natalia from the show She Loves You, which is a very interesting show all about the women in the lives of the Beatles. Hey, Natalia, thanks for speaking to me. How are you? Oh, I'm doing good. I'm so happy to be here. I'm really, really excited. I think it's an interesting uh, subject and what really helps, I mean, I've said this to a lot of podcasters before, is that the world of podcasting fits this sort of subject perfectly because I think the world of podcasting can get a certain area or different areas where radio shows really can't go into because radio shows are always looking at the corporate side and the numbers, Mm -hmm. whereas podcast you can look at a more niche subject like like you have with the with the women of the Beatles, which is a fascinating subject in itself and a really interesting angle to come at a um, subject that otherwise has quite a lot of podcast about the subject of the Beatles, but you're coming at it from a completely different angle that nobody else has. Yeah, no, for sure. Uh, I I thought about it because, you know, for a while I wanted to do a Beatles podcast. In general, I just wanted to do something with the Beatles. I've been a Beatles fan for, you know, practically almost my whole life now. And I thought, okay, I don't really want to be on YouTube because I, I think I didn't want to show my face all the time. Not not because I'm like ashamed or anything, but I I just wasn't the type to really be on camera a lot. So I thought, okay, well, podcasting is definitely the way to go. And I definitely want to talk about the Beatles. But I kept coming back to the idea that so many Beatle podcasts are out there and they're all wonderful. But like you said, I think there's so much of the Beatles, you know, in the podcasting world that I thought, okay, what's an angle, like you said, that really hasn't been done before? And I thought, oh, well, okay, let's talk about the women in their lives, right? And this had been a subject I had been interested in even before I thought of the podcast. I have been researching Beatle women for years now. So it seemed like a natural fit to do this subject matter. And also, I think I always kind of look at stories that are the untold ones, right? And I I wanted to explore that. And I, like you said, I think a podcast is a perfect way of doing that because it's sort of, I can do whatever I want, the length that I want, and when I basically want to do it. So it's been pretty cool to be able to explore this topic in, you know, podcasting, definitely. But it must must be a really difficult show to research for occasionally because there's very little out there information-wise about some of these women. 
Oh, it's very difficult, especially for like, let's say the women that maybe just dated them for it could have been a couple months. It could have been, you know, like even if it's like long lost friends that they had back in Liverpool that, you know, are are not really talked about. It's it is very hard to find any sort of information. But the great thing is, is I think with the Internet, um, you know, I've been able to find people that you know, might know someone that knew that person or even on, uh, you know, pages like Tumblr and Instagram, I've found people that dedicate themselves just to research, you know, like Beatles history. And I'll find, you know, certain people that will know about this person. Um, And even, you know, there's a Facebook group where it's dedicated all to Beatle women. And I get like a lot of my info from, you know, the admins that run it. So it's sort of like, we have this vast knowledge now because of the internet and I'm very grateful for that. But on the other hand, you are right. It is very difficult to obtain some of the info if we, you know, if it's not really out there in the public, but thankfully I think it is getting a bit easier because of the internet and because people are willing to really take their time and just kind of do the research and, you know, Beatle historians. So I, it's, I have sort of this like long, abundance of knowledge that I don't think I would have had if it's not for the internet, really. Yeah. And something else that's really interesting about the subject Mm -hmm. is that, uh, well, there's a couple of things really where, um, number one, they seem to be uh, the women in the lives of the Beatles, uh, whether they are, you know, in relationships with them or, you Mm -hmm. know, like wives, girlfriends, or even those that work with them, like, like Frida Kelly. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, they're all incredibly strong women, and also they've got a an incredible sense of self where they put yeah. themselves out there, which I think attracts all of them because they all seem to be attracted to women that have that, like you know, Paul, where Linda is, you know, this this woman who really went out there and pushed herself into yeah. the world of photography. Uh, Yoko is an incredible artist. And uh, I, I happen to actually like some of some of the music as well. I think Fly is a fantastic album. <laughs> um, yeah. um, and then Barbara Bark with with, with her, her acting and pushing herself further and further into acting as well, where she she'd started where she was, and then she went to go and do things in Hollywood or and you know the Bond film, of course. Uh, yeah. Olivia, Olivia was a strong woman and pushed herself as well, and Cynthia has a strength, and Jane Asher was incredible actress and yeah. uh cook and maureen cox um patty e- even relationships like may pang i mean may pang is an incredible singer you know backing singer for uh she's sung for john she's she's worked with and she was married to uh tony visconti as well yeah. So, yeah so you've got all this strength there but also the other weird thing is They've kept, they've maintained their friendships, even when they're not in relationships with some of them as well. So uh, you've got a friendship between, you know, you were saying friendship between Cynthia and Patty and Maureen that carried Mm -hmm. on. Maureen stayed friends with Ringo and with Paul. I mean, Paul wrote the beautiful song uh, Little Willow about Maureen when she, when she passed. But it's incredible, these women that they seem to be drawn to. Yeah. And I think, you know, in doing all this research that I've done for years and years about these women, it's I think that was the best part is discovering, like, as you said, their strength and how each of them are so complex and 
have these traits that are really all their own. And they, like as you said, forge their own path in many ways. And I think it's even more interesting that these women managed to do it in the 60s at a time when, unfortunately, you know, gender equality was still not what it is now. Um, I think it. I think it's so amazing that these women were, you know, in a way, they were sort of like at the level of these men. They were, you know, forging their own path and doing what they wanted. And even if, and I was trying to, I, you know, I, I kind of stress this point always in the show, you know, even if one woman decided to maybe be a housewife, but another woman decided to be an actress or a model or a photographer, whatever it might be, they did it with their whole hearts. And I think that's what makes these women so exceptional is that they did it because, you know, that's what they wanted to do. That's what they love to do. And they did it all while loving, you know, a member of this incredible band that has lasted all these years, which I think is amazing because they've had the strength to be with them, you know, um, even as you said, like Frida Kelly, even though she wasn't romantically linked to any of them, she still was a big part of their life. And, you know, in her own right, really achieved so much in terms of, you know, the Beatles. And um, yeah, they all stayed friends. And I think what's great about the idea that they stayed friends is I think like Paul might have said one time, you know, we're all a family. It's like when you are connected by these experiences, you become this big family. And I think that even though things might have happened, divorces, friendships breaking, whatever it might be, you still kind of have that bond because you went through these experiences together. So it's um, it's it's just really nice that they all kind of lasted, even if things didn't last, you know? So touching on that then, so do, do you have an mm-hmm. actual, do you actually have any specific Beatle women or, or women in the Beatles world that jump out to you as favourites? I mean, I, I think, mm-hmm. I think one of your favourites would be Cynthia, I, I think, mm-hmm. I seen mm-hmm. because you have the uh, Cynthia Lennon, um, daily, yeah, daily account as well on is it Instagram? Yeah, and- I mean, I think for me, as you've mentioned, Cynthia will always be my favorite. Uh, she's been my favorite, I think, ever since I really got into the Beatles. Um, but you know, I, I for various reasons, uh, I just I think she, I, I don't know, I, I tend to look at the underdog when it comes to a lot of things. So she's sort of been the Beatle girl that's probably the most misunderstood well one of the one of the few but the most misunderstood and so much has been said about her but it's you know most of it is lies and I've always kind of wanted just people to like know that she is more than what I think Beatle historians and you know um, people will say so I don't know I think her strength is amazing and I I've sh- for me I think she's just always been a favorite um, it might also have to do with the fact that John is my favorite Beatles so I think I kind of have that connection <laughs> um, but at the same time I do really love um, I think May Pang is probably like my my next favorite and I, I'm really excited to talk about her eventually when I get to her episode but I don't know something about May Pang she's just she's so cool you know she was such a cool lady is still such a cool lady and she went through such incredible experiences and and i think you know um being able to have loved john lennon is a crazy experience in itself so i think i would say probably those two are my favorites although i love all the women you know i do but i don't know i think may and sin there's something about them that you know i don't know i I, it's just something i just love them very much yeah yep Hey, this is Brian with Concerts That Made Us Podcast. 
and you're listening to Pods Like Us, a great show about other great shows. But there's also something with with John where um, Cynthia and Yoko, so he he was married to both Cynthia Mm -hmm. and to Yoko Ono, and I thought there seems to be something there where John is attracted to women that have an artistic side to them, shall we say, because both, both Yoko and Cynthia are both artists. Right, right. I mean, yeah, her and John met at the Liverpool College of Art. She was studying to be an art teacher. She wanted to do graphic design. You know, she was from a very young age. She was artistic. She, I think, like won a scholarship at 12 years old to go to this art school in Liverpool. So, you know, she, she'd always been very artistic. And um, I think that's also something people forget is that Cynthia wasn't just a housewife. She was an artist. She painted, she sculpted, she did all these things. Um, and you know, it's sort of like I say, John has a type, like you you mentioned, you know, he loves these artistic women. Because um, Yoko is, you know, as we know, she's an amazing artist and did some really, you know, crazy things in a lot of ways. But um, yeah, yeah, he he definitely had a type. And um, I, I, think it, I think it's kind of interesting to see that even though they're such different personalities, they're still very artistic in their own way. And um, it's kind of easy to see why John fell in love with both of them. You know, they were incredible, really. Absolutely. But I I also, um, I have a problem where people put down or or they have a problem with the relationship that, that John had with Yoko, because I seem to think that, um, well, they put down the music that Yoko makes, but I think actually, you know, Yoko's music seemed to me to bring John out a bit more and make John a bit more experimental as a musician. I don't know how much you know about Yoko's music. Um, you know, I've heard bits and pieces here and there. I, I'm going to be honest, I have not like really taken the time, I think, to listen fully. And I think I, I probably should just because it, I, I'd like to experience it for myself because I think people can sort of say things and you'd kind of take it for word, which I've kind of been guilty of, but um, no, I really, I do need to really listen to it um, more, I think, because I, I'd like to experience it for myself for sure. Yeah. Cause I mean the, the, the electric guitar work they did on, uh, uh, was it every man has a woman who loves him or on her version of it. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the guitar that he does, is it that or is it? Oh no, it's walking on thin ice. That's actually John oh, doing the guitar yeah. on there. Yeah. And you listen to it and you think, that sounds nothing like what John would do. It's almost like John's a he wants to do the experimental guitar playing and do something a bit different, but perhaps he pulls himself back a bit when it's his own material because he thinks that there's he's still looking towards the commercial to a certain degree. But mm. but when he works on or used to work on Yoko's material, perhaps he felt that he was able to come out of that a bit because it didn't have John Lennon on the cover of the album, perhaps. Possibly, possibly. I mean, that there is something to that. I will say, though, I think I've always found John's music to be very personal. I, I, he's not like Paul in the sense where he writes about other people and stories. He's always kind of written about himself, I think. So I don't know. I think I think maybe John felt that with Yoko, you know, kind of backing her up, he could be sort of this alias, like another, he didn't have to be John Lennon, I think, when he was playing with her. So he could kind of be more, he he had more freedom in that sense. But um, yeah, I don't know. I think, I think John was always sort of just very personal and very truthful with his music. I think he'd always just tell you the truth, whether it was sort of a good thing or a bad thing. Um, But yeah, with Yoko, I think he was able to kind of 
not be John Lennon in a way and kind of just have fun, I think, in a lot of ways. So, yeah, Yoko definitely, I think, allowed him to do that. Um, because I think I think at that point, you know, he he really didn't care what people thought anymore when he, you know, started being with Yoko. So in a way, yeah, she liberated him in a lot of things, definitely. Yep. Whereas as a contrast to that, you've got Paul, his, his relationships seem to be for the most part, I'd, I'd say, you know, I think, I think of Linda in this mm-hmm. and I think of uh, Jane with this and Nancy to do to a degree as well, where he seems to be attracted to women that are very based on family. And mm-hmm. because Paul was always that way inclined, even back before the Beatles, there was right. always this closeness with the McCartney's and the Robins and, you know, his family as a whole, is a big right. thing, you know, you know. I mean, I've talked to his uh, cousin Kate before, and oh, you know, wow. and th- they. Um, but there's this closeness there that is a big unit. So he's almost attracted to the family side of of Linda and to Jane and and to Nancy, where they have this strength that's that has a big family that's um, together. Should we say? Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, Paul, if anything, was always the family man. Uh, you know, he would take care of his cousins, his little cousins. And, you know, he always, he had a big family. So I think he was just sort of used to that. And yeah, you're right. You know, all these women, they were very maternal in a lot of ways. Uh, Linda, obviously the most obvious, um, which is interesting because, you know, I, I, I've always said that Jane is probably the one of the most independent Beatle girls, but in a way, you know, she is very maternal, you know, looking at her um, marriage later on and, you know, having her children, she, she became a very maternal figure in a way. So, yeah, it's, it's interesting, you know, the type of women John preferred versus Paul, um, which I think kind of also just shows the, the contrasting personalities of, of both of them. Um but you know, all of them incredible, really. But um, yeah, it is it is really interesting to note that. But yeah, you know, and and we can obviously see with, um, you know, how he wrote "Hey Jude" and and him always sort of being like a father figure to Julian. He always kind of had it in him, I think, to be a father, and he he de- he desired that family life in a lot of ways, definitely. Yeah, because when he was uh, when he was with Jane, you he, mm-hmm. well, he, he stayed at the Asher house, and yeah. he had a great great relationship with the Ashers. I mean, he's still lifelong friends with uh, with um, Peter Asher. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, they were they were pretty much a family unit in a lot of ways, which is kind of crazy. I, I think I said this in the podcast, but it's it's just kind of crazy. I, I it, you know I don't even think they had been dating for a year when they asked him to live with them, which is you know, so funny to me. I just think it's like, wow, you know, my, my mom would never, but, um, (laughs) but it's, it's just, it's incredible really. But yeah, yeah, they were very close and yeah, him and Peter are still very close to this day. I think Peter wrote a book on the Beatles pretty recently. So yeah, it's, it's amazing really. So describing the show, then you're, you're looking at all women that are involved, no matter what, so the wives, the girlfriends and the staff as well. Oh, yeah. So we're doing wives, girlfriends, staff, um, you know, friends, uh, family, because I'd love to get to the family section eventually, Um, you know, talking about the mothers and the sisters and whatnot. So I think it would be like really incredible to do that. But yeah, we're looking at everyone because I because I think 
it would be so simple just to talk about the wives, you know, because I, I, it would be just so simple to do that. But, you know, I think the great thing is, is I'm going to explore everything, every woman that's come across them. Um, and, you know, even like rumored love lovers and whatnot. I think that would be fun to cover too, but um, we'll, we'll see how it goes. But yeah, I'm going to talk about everyone and I just kind of dissect and figure out who these women were and figure out their stories and, you know, their relation to the Beatles and how they inspired the Beatles in some way or another, really. Yeah. So when you were first starting to develop the show, what podcast shows were you listening to at the time that might have inspired or influenced you? Well, definitely the Muses podcast. I don't know if you've um, listened to them, but they're wonderful because what they do is they talk about uh, like every single woman in rock and roll, whether that's the groupies, the wives, the girlfriends, um, musicians, any sort of woman that's contributed to rock and roll or been amused to this, you know, to rock stars, they talk about them and they talk about their stories and they really dissect everything about their lives. And I thought that was such a great podcast because it is a great podcast because, you know, oftentimes I've always said, and I think I said this on the podcast too, rock and roll can be a man's world in a lot of ways. And I I mean, really, it's, it's, it's very much a man's world. So I love this podcast because they just dissect these incredible women and how in reality, if you like stop to really think about it, these songs that are, you know, that we consider now like the greatest songs ever probably wouldn't have happened had it not been for a woman in their life, whether it's, you know, a muse or a wife or whatever the situation might be. You know, it's it's these songs have come to fruition because of the fact that these women were there and were inspiring the music. And it's uh, it's such a great podcast in terms of like, OK, well, let's let's give the women a spotlight. So I, I definitely love muses. Um, I've come across just a lot of Beatle podcasts in general that are great. Um, I, I think it, I, I'm trying to remember like listing specifics, but I, I definitely say Muses. I think Muses is the one that really inspired me to, you know, take this leap into my podcast. You're right. Hello, everybody. This is Ryan. This is Avery. And we are from the Frame by Frame King Crimson podcast. And you are listening to Pods Like Us. When I got Paul's book, uh, the lyrics book, uh, well, it's two books, basically, isn't it, really? You, you find there that if you look through, it, it'll be t- telling you things and he'll acknowledge where he's been inspired by different women, all these women, and mm-hmm. it, it's really nice to have gone through there and suddenly find all these stories of him and and Jane, for instance. Yeah. And I thought that was so lovely because it's almost as though – I mean, it's not like history's completely forgotten about it, but it's almost like it's almost brushed over and they go straight to to the Linda. And it's nice yeah. that actually Paul's acknowledged that. And I liked the story of him actually saying that he bumped into into Jane a few years later. Oh, yeah. And it's just interesting how these women have inspired and helped them to create these great, incredible songs. Oh, absolutely. I, and I, and that's I, I think, honestly, that's another reason I decided to do this was, you know, I, I would listen to a song and then I'd find out, oh, Jane inspired it or, oh, you know, Yoko inspired it, whatever it was. And I'm just like, that's that's incredible. I mean, the power that I think women have to inspire these men and make them create great art. Right. Because this these this music is is, is just art. It's an art form. And um yeah, I mean, I think that's sort of the power that women have, and it's incredible, really. So, yeah, definitely. 
Yeah, I mean, it, I mean, it even extends outside of the Beatles itself, doesn't mm-hmm. it? I mean, the Beatles oh, yeah. women do because at the same time as George Harrison was writing something about uh, Patty, uh, his best friend Eric Clapton was writing <laughs> Layla about the same woman. Uh huh. Yeah, and that's that to me shows the power that you know these women have. Uh, and it, yeah, that that's very you know actually and really I didn't think about it that way. That's yeah, that's true because it was kind of happening around the same time. So that's, you know, it's incredible. And and now we regard those two songs as, you know, some of the greatest rock songs ever composed. And it's all about one woman that, you know, inspired two men to write this, you know, these songs. So it's it's incredible. And it really, I guess, shows also the power that Patty Boyd had as a muse um, in a lot of ways because, you know, she inspired a lot of songs. So, um, yeah, it's it's incredible, really. Okay, so we've already touched on the research and how mm-hmm. you research and the, the history of the show itself and how it came about. Mm-hmm. So how do you actually then record and edit the show together? Well, so I basically just sort of, you know, take my notes because I, I, I take a extensive notes because um, I'm, I'm a planner. So I'll take the extensive notes. Then I'll usually go on. Um, oh, man what's it called on anchor because anchor is sort of my go-to um it's i think it's the easiest way because it uploads automatically to every sort of platform i'll essentially I, I like to do i guess sort of like a stream of consciousness podcast where i just talk and talk and talk you know because sometimes i won't have a guest so i like to just talk about it as though i'm telling you all the information um and yeah, I have my mic set up here and I just sort of talk about the research and I'll go from the early life and then, you know, how did how did they end up in the Beatles circle and then, you know, their later lives. But I really do like to touch upon the fact that these women, while they were linked to the Beatles in some way, they had their own life. So I will extensively do that. And then I'll kind of just do a fun fact section at the end of the podcast where I talk about like really random things that are really funny or incredible when it comes to the women. But yeah, it's very basic. I, I, I use Anchor, I talk, and um, most of the time I'll kind of just divide audios, you know, if if not. But again, it is kind of like a stream of conscious. So I kind of just ramble, really. I don't necessarily edit as much as I probably should. But um, yeah, it's pretty easy for me. It's a pretty simple process. Well, I think a lot of podcasts work better when you do have these tangents anyway, which yeah. is what you're basically saying that you go off on tangents. But yeah. I'm guessing that, um, so you're saying that you basically freeform it and you just say it as it comes out. But I'm, I'm guessing yeah. you must have like notes down of points oh. that you've got to get in there. Yes, my extensive notes. I'll I'll start with the early life and then I'll have bullet points and I'll have a keyword and then I kind of know what to talk about. Um but yeah, no extensive because I don't I don't I think if I only if I had no notes and I had sort of no like uh I guess cheat sheet to know what I'm supposed to say, I think I would probably be talking for like 5 hours, you know. Um <laughs> really because I, I I would just go on and on and on, but I think with my extensive notes, it does give me an organization to follow because, again, I don't want to just make it, you know, as though I'm talking to, you know, the air and I could say whatever I want. I definitely want it to be structured. So, yeah, my extensive notes will be bulleted, color coded because I'm such a, you know, OCD type person. Um, but, yeah, extensive notes. Very. Do you know what? I've just come up with a crazy idea. You ready <laughs> for this one? Yeah. 
I think you should do a crossover with Sam Wiles from Paul or Nothing and both of you go through Linda's album, Wide Prairie. <gasps> Ooh, that would be great. I love that idea because it's a good album. I love that. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That would be great, actually. No, you inspired me. I'm going to have to remember that now and have a chat with, with, with Sam when I'm done. <laughs> oh, that, yeah, please do, because that, that would be great. I love that idea. <laughs> and you could do it as a swap cast then, so we could do it as his, an episode of his, and you could do it as an episode of yours as well, because you are <gasps> yeah. looking into that that Beatle woman then as well, aren't you? That's true. That's true. Yeah, for sure. Definitely, I think it'll be maybe after a couple episodes, because I got to... I got to end my first season because my first season's coming to an end soon because I have two more women to get through, two more wives. And then I kind of move on to the girlfriends. It'll be the girlfriends. So it'll be like really interesting to start season two on that note. But yeah, for sure. Absolutely. This is Dave of Live Life Loud, the Decibolic podcast. And you're listening to Pods Like Us with Marv. So, um, music samples sounds, uh, the, the music that you use and the samples in the sounds, it's almost a stupid question asking how you got those. Um, well on anchor, it actually like gives you sort of these generic sounds, um, and I'll use whatever I guess I'm feeling in the moment. Um, but to be honest, I will use good old YouTube. I'll download the audio file and just kind of integrate it into my, you know, audio. I'm not sure if I'm like being restricted because of copyright, but hopefully I'm okay because I haven't <laughs> haven't gotten any sort of notice yet. But yeah, basic sounds on Anchor and I'll kind of just download audio files on YouTube. Yeah. I think I'm almost certain that using Anchor, because it's related to Spotify, mm -hmm. I think you're actually allowed to use some copyrighted material as part of the, the deal with the, that you've got with, uh, with Anchor slash Spotify. I oh, think. okay. Yeah, then that's good. <laughs> I don't want to get in trouble, but yeah, no. Okay, that's good. Good to know. I know that because uh, the Rock Guys podcast, I was speaking mm. uh, with the presenter of that, Bobby, and he, he was saying that um, because he uses Spotify, he's allowed to actually play tunes from the bands that he's talking about Oh, okay. in oh. his show because of it being through Spotify and Anchor, so he, he, he's allowed to do that. Oh, okay. See, that, that makes me feel much better, but that's good. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, that, you that's go. good. Good news. <laughs> good news. Safer than a lot of the rest of us. Right, right. <laughs> is, is there any standout um, bits of information that you've found out in your research where, where you've just thought, oh, wow, you know, and you didn't know about them before and you were just amazed by them or it just made you go, oh, right, okay. You know, it's, it's, I've been surprised in so many things over the years. Um, I think it might be the fact that um, even when most of, I think what always surprises me, and it really shouldn't because it's kind of like documented, but every time, you know, I think, oh, they were fine because they were married and, you know, they had this commitment. I, I get on to just learning about certain women that they maybe 
hooked up with on the road or, you know, even famous women that we know of, like actor, actresses and singers that, oh, my gosh, they had a fling. I didn't know that, you know, and it's it's sort of like they're we know that, you know, they were married and whatnot. And it's like, oh, you know, that's that's interesting. They had an affair with this person or they had a fling with this person. I think that's kind of the thing that always surprises me more than anything. But it really shouldn't because, you know, it was it happened on the road. You know, it's sort of just something that occurred. But yeah, I think when I find out someone, you know, like someone that I know, whether it's an actress or something, hooked up with one of them or, you know, had an affair or whatever, I just get so surprised still. that That's the one thing that surprises me, I think, more than anything. Okay. And have you got any dream guest that you would like to have <gasps> on your show? Oh, man. I mean, May Pang, I think, obviously. She's sort of my number one person that I am dying to have um, because I, I feel like I could talk to her for hours if I'm not being too intrusive, obviously. But I would just love to pick her brain a little bit. Um, but I, I guess also Patty, of course, that's sort of the ideal, you know, these women that, you know, were part of history in such a big way. Um, but I don't know. I think also maybe Frida Kelly, I think, would be so much fun because she's, you know, great and has a wonderful personality. And, you know, she was, I think, one of those few women that I like to categorize as sort of being there from the beginning. So I think she obviously knows so much and, lived through all this history and she was there to the end so you know I, I think those three those three would be like my my dream yes that's in my dreams but you know we'll see if it ever happens we will um and i'm, I'm just i'm just remembering um of course that um oh what was i gonna say may pang also she she appears on uh david on a couple of david bowie albums as well because she's on heroes for, for sure she's a singer on on the heroes really album well. i see i didn't know that another thing that surprised me i did not know that because because i i heard a story um it it was kept secret for many years and then um uh tony visconti uh uh, mentioned it a few years ago or something he says oh i could i can admit it now he says because it's sort of water under the bridge but there's <laughs> a line there's a line in uh, david bowie's song um heroes where he says something about you know um something about the the berlin wall or something in there yeah we're kissed by the wall or something and um uh, or, or they saw he saw two people kissing by the wall and that was actually david bowie looking outside the the window and catching uh, the then Tony Visconti was then married to Mary Hopkin. And he was actually outside walking around with uh, May Pang and kissing May Pang. No way. Oh my gosh. See, and that's I, what that's I should, wow. That's incredible. I should probably write this down. That's that's good to know. <laughs> wow. What? I did not know that. Do you, do you see what I mean? These women are just inspiring. You know, this incredible songs. Wow, 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 wow. That's amazing. But when he when he said that, it was about three years ago that Tony Visconti just said, Oh, this, this is this is the true story behind it. And as soon as he said it, I just thought, Wow, that is amazing. Wow, wow. That's amazing. Oh, so that they were like in secret. Oh wow. Wow, yes. wow, wow. That's wow, 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 wow. I'm, I'm. See, there's still things that surprise me when it comes to this research. That, I, you know, I think I know everything, but I, I really don't. And I think that's the fun thing about, you know, my podcast is I get to discover all this as time goes by. 
But then there, there again, you've got links there. That it's, it's incredible mm-hmm. there that you've got the link between Tony Visconti and the Beatles, because, uh, I mean, he's worked with Paul, uh, Tony has, but also he's been married to both Mary Hopkin, who is, who is you know, part of the Be- one of the Beatles' re- women, because, you know, Paul produced her and mm-hmm. got her the career. And yeah. then, of course, he was also married to May Pang as well, you know, link there to john oh yeah it's all connected you know, the the rock world is it, people like to think that rock is so diverse and it is i guess in the terms of the music but it's a very small community you know there's only so many rock stars and so many you know people intertwined in all this um i also like to think like like patty right she's the perfect example of intertwining the rock world because her sister jenny was married to mick fleetwood of Fleetwood Mac. And so yeah. you got that connection to Fleetwood Mac, right? Uh, and it's, it's you know, crazy. And then her sister Paula, I think, was married to another rock star. So it's it's all connected. You know, like this is all, this world is is very small. Yeah. I'll ju- just suggest this to you in case you've not heard it yet, but uh, Joe, who does uh, Beatles books, his mm-hmm. most recent episode is a chat with Jenny Boyd about Jenny's book. Yes, I, I saw I saw on his Instagram, and I have yet to listen to it. I've been so busy, but I cannot wait because that that would be a that that would be another dream guest. That would be amazing to have Jenny on the show. But yes, yes, I got I got to listen to that episode soon. It's it's a great episode. It, it goes into real detail about how it yeah. touches on the, the Beatles, and uh, I, I sort of wish in a way that Joe might have gone a bit more into. The other bits of Jenny's life, but then again, because he's Beatles related, Beatles podcast. book, yeah, yeah. I mean, her 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 life was. I mean, you know, Patty definitely lived a life, of course, as we know. But I think Jenny's life is is very interesting because she went through a lot in a short amount of time, but also, you know, she lived through rock history just like Patty did, but in a different way, I think, because. She was married to Mick Fleetwood, which I think, you know, if you're married to a member of Fleetwood Mac, bless your soul, you know, that <laughs> that in itself is it's crazy. So, yeah, and her book was wonderful. I, I recommend everybody read it if they can, because she she's a really incredible lady and very, 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 very smart because she ended up getting a degree and, uh, you know, is very highly educated and very just really incredible. Yeah. Hey there, this is Bobby with the Rock Guys Podcast, and you are listening to Marv Smooth on the Pods Like Us Podcast. Check him out. So, going to the Beatles then, mm-hmm. have you got a favorite Beatles album, and have you got favorite solo Beatles albums? I don't think I could ever decide a favorite when it comes to the Beatles. I, you know, I've, I've been asked, like, what's your favorite song? What's your favorite album? I can't really ever decide because I think the music is so diverse. It's impossible for me to pick. Um, but I guess the one album that I am kind of like listening a lot to is Let It Be. And I think that might just be because Get Back is so like in our minds right now. Um, but I, I don't really have favorites when it comes to the Beatles. I mean, I have a favorite Beatle, but I don't have a favorite song or a favorite album, if I'm being completely honest. I think it's just so difficult to choose, really. Um, but I think when it comes to solo albums, I have a, I have a couple. I think McCartney, so the first McCartney album, you know, the, the first one I ever released, I think that might be my favorite. But 
I don't know. I really love uh, like the first Plastic Ono Band album. I think it's so good. But then I really like All Things Has Passed. So it's kind of like hard, but I, I think I'm going to go with McCartney. I think that might be my favorite solo Beatles work. Definitely. It's interesting that because you're you're, you're mentioning albums that are basically their first um, mm-hmm. experiences outside of the Beatles after the after the the breakup of the Beatles basically all of those are yeah um so you've got yeah and the very very different albums to each other as well which is incredible you know it shows the diversity between those three as well and and I mean even even Ringo outside of the Beatles I'm, I'm not going to include Sentimental Journey because but, <laughs> I mean it's a fantastic album by Ringo but but yeah, Yoko yeah. Blues say so much about Ringo as well. So they've come out of the gate, each of them, with what they are as people, essentially, yeah. is out there on that vinyl. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't know. I think McCartney, I think, might be my favorite just in the fact that it's very stripped down material, you know, sort of songs that Paul had and and after watching get back we know that he already had those songs you know since the 60s so it's uh i don't know i think that album i always come back to because it's just it's good songs they're really good songs and they're they're very it, it takes you back to the basics you know it's mainly paul doing all the instruments with linda singing but it's in their house and i don't know there's something nice about it being so stripped down in a way that i don't know it's sort of like it's so simple but it's so effective and i think that's why i love it and yeah as you mentioned i i love the sort of first albums that they put out after the beatles because i think it it's so interesting to see what they came up with right you know what were they gonna do uh after being part of this band that you know affected so many people you know what were they gonna sound like on their own and i think those first albums are a good really a good way to sort of sum it up and say here i am this is me. I'm not a Beatle, you know, so definitely. But uh, you, you've also got, I mean, from, from watching the, watching Get Back and those of us that, you know, um, probably know too much, in some of people's opinion, know too much <laughs> about the Beatles. Uh, right, so right. You, you've, you've also got the fact that their material they got such a wealth of material when they came to the end. I mean, I mean, triple album by George. But they got so much material that get back, for instance, you look at that and I'll go back to the song that Paul did, you know, backseat to my car and you'll think, yeah, he didn't release that. He came out with a solo album and then backseat to my car ended up being on the album after that. And then even Mm -hmm. to years, years and years later, you've got Paul and George putting songs on later albums into the 70s and the 80s and with Paul even into the 90s and beyond that step, that go yeah. all the way back to songs that they wrote during the Beatles. They were so prolific that they had material that they could just fall back on. I mean, John, for instance, you've got Jealous Guy that's based on a song that was started in Rishikesh. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's... It's insane. And I mean, I, I have to say props to their memory because I know I would have forgotten every song that I wrote in the 60s if I was a songwriter. Not not that I am and I shouldn't be because I can't play anything. But um, yeah, I mean, props to their memories. Um, but it, it, I don't know. It goes to show that I think they 
I don't know, were able to produce all this just because of the fact that they were so brilliant. They were brilliant songwriters and um, they had this like vast amount of material that really hadn't been used. And then they finally, you know, as time went on, said, okay, I'm going to do this. So it's it's really amazing, truly. It is. It is. Yeah. What's up, everybody? This is Chris from the podcast Real Film Reviewed, and you're listening to Marv on Pods Like Us. So what would you suggest? I mean, I mean, there's very few people out there that have probably not got any Beatles, but what would you suggest mm-hmm. to, to a new person, to the Beatles, that they go out and buy? Well... I don't know. Um, I yeah. I mean, I guess if 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 it's if for information, I would definitely stray away from a lot of. I, I don't want to say a lot. I think unfortunately, a lot of Beatle biographies can be a little salacious when it comes down to it. So I always say like, try to get books that were written by people who were there, who genuinely knew them, you know, lived a life with them, experienced life with them, because I think that's sort of the best way to learn about a band is if you're reading about someone that knew them personally so like i really like like um hunter davies's book i really liked that that was that was my first beetle book the hunter davies biography that came out in the 60s so it was kind of when it was all going on but i really like that book um i really also love larry kane's book ticket to ride i think it's called he's great because he spent i think Um, part of the 1964 U.S. tour with them, just sort of documenting. And he was a reporter, so he kind of wrote about them. But he writes about his experience, I think, in in such a great way because you get to learn about the Beatles during this crazy time. Um, And then I really, I mean, I guess I'm being biased, but I I do recommend people get, you know, like these uh, memoirs by like Cynthia and Patty's and even Jenny's. I think that's, that's a great start. Um, but obviously, of course, I suggest anthology because that's from the source. We're getting the info from the Beatles themselves on their story. Um, and yeah, I mean, a combination of all those things. I would try to stray away from, you know, if if a book has a bad review online or wherever it might be, it's probably for a good reason. And you should probably stay away from it because I think oftentimes most Beatle books will become or, you know, are salacious just to sell books and just to make money. Um, you know, so I, I always say, like, if it has a bad review, don't get it. I know you may seem curious and I know it might say like, oh, we have info that has never been heard of before. It's probably mostly false. Um, so, yeah. And, it, you know, that's kind of what I realized doing my research. I like to get things from the source. So if I can find, you know, Cynthia's book where she says, oh, you know, even though everybody and, you know, their mother says that me and John only got married because I got pregnant, it's not true. You know, I like to kind of read from the source and know the reality because it's sort of like one piece of information will be one thing. And then once it gets to person number 10, it'll be something else. So I would say a combination of all of those things, really. Two other books I would add to that would be uh, Many Years From Now, mm-hmm. uh, which is the Paul McCartney biography, which Paul was involved mm. with to a degree. Uh, yes. I think, that, yes, I think yes, that's yes. essential reading. But I also like George's book, I Me Mine, as well. Yeah, yeah. And see, that that's what I mean. You know, it comes from the source themselves. And even, you know, even though Many Years From Now was not a, a memoir, it's a biography written by, you know, a historian, we can still 
kind of take it as more fact because of the fact that Paul was involved. So I that's sort of why I I'm I tend to not really read a lot of Beatle books unless I know it's coming from the source. Um and I I mean I guess that makes me a little close-minded, but I don't really need to hear someone else's version of the events. You know, I'd like to hear it from the source. And I think every time I absorb any sort of media like when it comes to rock stars or history, I prefer it to come from the person that lived it or someone that knew that person, you know, because I think in that way, you're getting a fuller picture than you probably wouldn't get with any sort of other historian or biographer or whatever. You know? Have you got any suggestions for a specific album by by John that you think that people should start with if they wanted to start a John career? Because I know John's your favorite. Mm. <laughs> I really do like Imagine. I think that's a good album to start with yep. because it has an array of songs that are not... I think Plastic Ono Band is my favorite, but I don't think I would put someone on that as a first John album because I think it's very it's very heavy. It's a very heavy album. It's a lot of heavy stuff, a lot of heavy subject matter. Um, and I think people might be a little turned off by that. It's brilliant songs, but I think for a person that really does not know John Lennon and does not know any sort of history on John Lennon, it would be a lot, right? Um, listening to like, my mommy's dead for the first time would just be like, okay, I don't, I don't need to hear this, but um, yeah, probably imagine, or even like if like for a wild card, maybe like walls and bridges, just because that's sort of the period when he wasn't with Yoko. So you can get sort of an idea of like the before, you know, the John with Yoko and then the John without Yoko. So maybe those two, you know, either one. I love that album. Yeah. Walls and bridges. That's a great album. Yeah, it is. I think you've got a really good pick there with with Imagine because uh, John didn't John say something along the, along the lines of Imagine is basically Plastic Ono band sugar coated in a yeah. sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so definitely. You've got you've still got the uh, it close to the subject material that you've got on the on the Plastic Ono band album, yeah. but not to the same sort of degree. Maybe with the exception of one or two songs. Um, the one about Paul, for instance, and um, <laughs> yeah, but you've got the production there and the sheen there that carried on through the rest of his career. So it's almost like if you like the subject matter, the darker subject matter on Imagine, then that introduces you to what he did before with the Plastic Ono Band. Whereas if you like the sound of Imagine and the whole arrangement of the songs and the instrumentation of the songs, then that leads you to where he goes to after that. Yeah, definitely. And, and I think that's why Imagine would be like the the one or, you know, Walls and Bridges. But yeah, no, Imagine, I think it's, it has a lot of variety in the sense, as you've mentioned, and it's, it's just a good album too. I mean, there's so many good songs on that. So it's, uh, yeah, yeah, definitely. Definitely Imagine, I think would be the best intro to solo John Lennon. Um, if, if someone was to ask me, I'd say, oh, just, you know, imagine. And then I would say, after you listen to all the albums, then listen to Double Fantasy, because then it's sort of like, okay, John is back and he's happy, you know, it's a good, like happy album towards the end. But yeah. Yeah, and I've just thought you've got another couple of songs on there that were actually uh, tried first out, uh, first off in uh, the Get Back sessions again there because uh, John, the, the you you've got Paul actually helping John with the writing of Give Me Some Truth, which is never mm. actually credited uh, ever 
at any yeah. point, you know, when you, when they're trying to work out a little bit, you know, um, son of Tricky Dicky and all that bit yeah. there. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and they also tried, uh, I don't want to be a soldier during the get back sessions as well. Oh, yeah. And I did not know that. I really didn't even know that Paul was a part of Give Me Some Truth. I mean, it's it's pretty amazing looking back at it now. But, you know, again, there's just so much we don't really know. But, um, yeah, it's it's amazing. And, you know, Paul should be credited. <laughs> that You know, that's his song, too. But I mean, not really. But, you know, it, he helped. So why not credit him? Well, luckily now they've started to credit Yoko accordingly for certain songs that she wasn't before. Right, right. Like I, I, th- I know she has more credit on Imagine now than she ever had before. But um, yeah, which is you know that good, good. We need to, we need to give the credit where credit is due. You know, absolutely. <laughs> so hey, this is Tim for Bad Counsel. You want some good counsel? Keep listening to the smooth, dulcet tones of Marv on Pods Like Us. (laughs) So what advice would you give to people if they're starting a podcast themselves for the first time? Well, if you are looking to start a podcast, which I highly recommend because it is so much fun and you can basically do whatever you want. I mean, not whatever, but you can do a lot what you want. Um, I would say find something that you're very passionate about. Um, it can be anything from music, books, video games, TV, movies, whatever it is that you are interested in. Uh, just, you know, be, you know, be very passionate about it and sort of find your niche and what can you do that's original with it, you know, because it's easy to just talk about like certain form of media, but what's something unique you could do with it, um, and just, you know, basically start, you know, because that's, I think that's the best way to do it. Cause I think I was very hesitant when I started mine because I didn't, I was like, oh, well, I don't know what it's like to make a podcast. Like, how am I supposed to know any of this? I'm not really, I'm not really like a public speaker or anything, but, um, I think because I was so passionate about what I was doing, I, it was easier for me to kind of put myself out there and say, okay, well, screw, you know, what anybody else might think. I want to talk about this and I'm going to do it. So find something that you're super passionate about, make it unique, you know, find something that hasn't been talked about before with it. And if you can find yourself someone that is just as passionate and crazy about what you're passionate about, you know, have a co-host because it's, it's great. I mean, I don't have a co-host yet. Maybe one day I will, but, um, you know, find someone that you can also relate to because it makes it more fun to kind of have someone to chat with and you can, be crazy together. So I'd say let go of any sort of pre-notion that you might have of, oh, well, I don't really know what to do and how would I start? Just like throw yourself in it, find your passion and just go for it, really. That's what I'd say. Well, touching on that, and I should have touched it earlier on mm-hmm. uh, earlier on in the show, actually, um, but you have had some incredible guests that have been on with you, like, uh, is it D- Diana? Is, is that, yeah, that Diana, my, my really good friend, yeah. Time? Yeah, I thought that was great that that both of you having you know uh, Latino backgrounds that yeah. uh, you could you could touch on the subject of Olivia in such a fascinating way. Oh yeah, she's she's great. She's been one of my greatest like Beatle friends that I've known for years now because we we met on sort of like this Beatles instagram community but yeah no she's great and yeah no we're both of latina origins so it was really great to be able to kind of talk with someone who understood and we could kind of see ourselves in olivia in a way 
because Olivia is Latina herself. And it was it was great to kind of identify that her Latina heritage was very is very important to her. Um, and the fact that it also influenced George in such a big way because he ended up loving Mexican music and Mexican culture. And um, yeah, it was it was great to kind of, as I said, talk with someone about all of that and see how we relate, basically. Yeah, it was great. That's great. So um, what other podcasts do you listen to when you get the time outside of study? Definitely the Muses podcast. I highly recommend everyone go uh, listen to them because they're great. Um, I really like yours, actually. I've been listening to a lot of episodes, so it's been great. (laughs) Um, Thank you very much. Yeah, yeah, it's great. Um, I really love Fans on the Run. Ethan is great. I love fans on the run. It's a great Beatles podcast that um, is hosted by a Beatles fan. And he basically just talks to other Beatles fans about the Beatles. And, you know, it's, it might sound very repetitive, but it's, it's a great podcast. Ethan's a great host. So I highly recommend fans on the run. I love Beatles books podcast because I love, I love reading. Reading is probably like one of my biggest passions. I mean, I study English. I, I love literature. So, um, Beatles books is a great podcast because you get to, you know, discover these books about the Beatles and you get this info and it's wonderful. And I'm trying to think. I And then I have kind of non beatle podcasts, but, you know, that's a different podcast for a different day. But yeah, I would say those are my favorite right now as of now. Um, but I also really love um, Pod Sounds is a great podcast um, by my, my friend Cecilia. I was on her show and we talked about rock women and um, her podcast is great because the first season, it, it's called Pod Sounds because it, it dissects um, Pet Sounds by the Beach Boys. Like the entire album, the first season is about that. So it's such a great album because I think the Beach Boys might be my second favorite band. So that's a great, that's a great podcast too. Just all of those in combination, I'd say. If you like the Beach Boys, you'll also like Sail On. That's a fantastic podcast that looks into, I think it goes song by song. <gasps> oh, my gosh. I'm writing this down right now. I need to go listen. <laughs> um, the so presenters great. of that are actually in, in a Beach Boys cover band. No way. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah, because they, they are probably my second favorite band. They're they're amazing. Um, no, at that's yeah and uh, we we want to talk about women the women of the beach boys that's a whole other podcast because that you know there's so much there that no one really talks about but you know another podcast <laughs> well if you're doing that then you'd have to talk about the group wilson phillips yes yes and there we go the mamas and papas connection right there with china phillips right it's all connected <laughs> it's all connected it's all connected <laughs> So where can people find your show and get hold of you? Well, I am on Instagram. You can find me at the She Loves You podcast. I also run Cynthia Lennon Daily and I update with new pictures and factual information on Cynthia Lennon. Um, I don't have any Twitter or any sort of other major like social media network. I mainly use Instagram for my podcast and my Cynthia page, but you can find me on Instagram there. You can find the She Loves You podcast on Spotify and Apple podcasts. Um, And yeah, so you can find me all on there. Definitely. Okay. I'll put those in the notes for the show. (laughs) Anyway, thank you for speaking with me today. This was so much fun. It was such a pleasure. I, I, You're great. I love your show. This was really, really fun. I had a great time.
It was. Anyway, you can find us on any streaming net platform that you're listening to. Uh, but we're also available on uh, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and I've just started using TikTok as well. Oh, really? Yeah, I've yeah. been, I've been, I've been thinking about doing that for a while, but I don't know. I'm not really like a camera person, so I would have to see. I'd have to see. Yeah, I did something for the first time this week that I'm going to carry on doing. So you, you know that mm. I post up what I listen to when yeah, I'm at work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I post that up. But I often do grabs of bits of shows that jump out at me. Okay. Um, so what I'm going to start doing now with the TikTok is I'll grab bits from shows that I'm listening to and then I'll post those up on the TikTok as an almost – promotion for what i'm listening to so people uh-huh. can go well why is he enjoying listening to that and i got a fascinating bit the other day the uh brian Sy from soda jerker they were mm-hmm. interviewing uh, roland and kurt from tears for fears oh. and they had this fascinating section where roland orzabal who's the main songwriter of tears for fears he was talking about something that Paul does a lot of in his songwriting, Paul McCartney, and yeah. John's done it as well. And then you've got a great thing of it where George is talking about, you know, when he's doing something and he says, you know, something like a cauliflower or something where he's trying to block words, <laughs> yeah. basically. And they actually, in that episode of Soda Jerker, go into how that works and how he uses that in his own songwriting. Oh, wow. He'll use like nonsense words yeah. and then go away and come up with, and basically he's got the whole he's got the melody of the song there and he says that the melody and the whole feel of the music tells him what that section should be about and that sort of leads him to where the lyrics should go wow that's amazing yeah i would i would figure that sort of a gen- not a general but i guess like a very particular way of songwriting cuz obviously you might come up with the melody first but you might not have the words so you use sort of those filler words to kind of at the moment yeah. you know while you're figuring it out but that's really interesting yeah 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 so um, i might oh. do more of that i think on the tiktok i think that's more the way to go with that with me yeah. using that thing. It, yeah i mean i'm thinking if i was to do a tiktok it would just sort of be like a fun fact type thing because the vid- the videos are pretty short so i would probably just be like did you know this type thing but yeah i'm still kind of figuring out if i was to ever do tiktok we'll see we'll see you can go up to 10 minutes now with the video. <gasps> really? Oh, okay. Then I might have to now. Because <laughs> like 15 seconds is nothing for me. So, <laughs> If nobody knows that, that, that started this week. I got a notification of it that it's gone up to 10 minutes. Wow. That's amazing. So it's just YouTube now, <laughs> basically. <laughs> basically. It's yeah. what you, YouTube used to be. Right, right. Now YouTube is just ads all the time. But there you go. Yeah, yeah. And two hour long. <laughs> podcast on video. right right there you go with, with people called andy and tom hello two legs <laughs> right <laughs> anyway you can also find me at uh, the marvzone.org as well where i've got all show notes and all sorts of other things on there as well anyway thank you everyone for listening and I hope you listen again to another episode of pods like us